Good afternoon, Rich Das, Executive Vice President with Open Systems Media and leader of the Embedded Computing Design Franchise. Boy, I stumbled there for a second. I've only done about a thousand of these, so I should probably know what I'm doing here, but I lead the Embedded Computing Design Franchise, and this is the Embedded Executive Podcast, which we do weekly, and we talk to an executive in the embedded space. This week, my guest is Dipti Vachani. She is a Senior Vice President and General Manager in the Automotive and IoT Divisions at ARM. Hello, Dipti, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing very good, thank you very much. I appreciate you asking. Um, so let's get right into this. Um, and I'm gonna call you out on something. I heard you say um, that the challenges in software are causing a revolution in hardware design. Now I, I'm paraphrasing, I don't know if you said it exactly that way, but first, did you say that? Something similar to that. Yes, I did. Yes, <laughs> okay. I did. I'm a chip head, so it's really hard for me to admit this, right? Uh, <laughs> but because uh, we all think the world revolves around uh, around hardware, at least uh, the way I've lived my career. But uh, it, it seems uh, uh, the, the equation's being turned upside down. It's on its head. So, but why is that? Well, most of it is coming from, if you think about the world of AI and the revolution that's happening in, in our world with ML workloads and machine learning, um, we're now looking at what was infinite compute in the data center, where, where a lot of these workloads were sitting, now moving to the endpoints and having to comp comprehend the power, performance, footprint, memory restrictions of the endpoints brings, brings these worlds of data center endpoints all together, right? And the data center now has to comprehend if I'm gonna push a workload down to the endpoint, what's the hardware of that endpoint? How do I, how do I get my models to work within that endpoint? And that endpoint now is designed to work on the workloads it's being created to work on the workloads that are being pushed to those endpoints. And, and being at ARM, we get to see this entire world. We have 70 billion Cortex-M at the endpoints, so the software developers at the endpoint. And then we see what's happening in the data center with machine learning and training in the data center and how these worlds are starting to collide and how the ecosystem of silicon developers are now saying, I've got to understand my workloads. I've got to see how these models get pushed to my, my endpoints. Now I need to see how tools and flows are going to work in this new world where data scientists are starting to push the models down into my endpoints. And so that's, that's what we see from our privy, having the luxury of seeing the entire ecosystem and the position that ARM has. Okay, I, I should have asked this at the beginning, and, but I'm still gonna ask it now because it's, it's still relevant. When you say, um, we're causing changes in the hardware design. Which hardware are you referring to? Is this chip level hardware? Is it, is it the entire device that sits at the, at the edge? Um, what, what are you referring to when you talk about hardware? Um, very much um, the, the world that I'm looking at is chip level hardware, right? What goes inside that hardware? How's that hardware built? That's, that's what I mean by living my life as a chip head. Um, that has implications into the system of course, right? The, the box is developed differently. The robot looks different. There's different sensors on there. We have cameras, we have graphics displays. So that has implications to the overall um, 
box as you want to call it. But uh, I'm mainly talking about how that chip is being designed, how the world of, of chip design is changing. But it gets so hard to differentiate from, from a chip level because you, in most of these applications, you, you need the same thing. You need, you need a crazy amount of compute power. You need lockdown security. So what is the differentiator from your customer's perspective? And that's where the chip design world is changing, right? And that's what I mean by software-defined hardware. What's, what's differentiating for the, for the endpoints is understanding exactly what workloads are gonna sit on my hardware. So an understanding, I'm, I'm developing um, a robot that's taking in camera, a camera um, interface and that robot now has to take that camera interface, decide on a few things at the endpoints. Is it a cat? Is it a dog? Is it a human? That's what I'm gonna to decide at my endpoint. And then I'm gonna send that information to the data center. So how do I do that the most efficient way possible? What is that workload? How much ML do I need? How much ISP do I need? Do I need a GPU on this thing? And how do I, the understanding of that workload then allows you to differentiate that chip to be the best PPA that's possible. Because these things are going into smaller and smaller footprints, have less power to deal with. And, and, and as such, the efficiency, understanding the workload so I can get the best processing for that particular workload is what makes the, the endpoints different. This is how they how we can differentiate those endpoints, and they're getting it into this, and and you'll see the most magnificent things from our silicon vendors getting it into the tiniest, smallest footprint, but yet still having some machine learning, predictive analytics at the endpoints. These are the kind of things that our silicon vendors are doing uh, to truly differentiate themselves, right? Uh, and 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 expand their privy of of information into exactly the workload that they're trying to process. So I'm going to go into a place that you're probably uncomfortable with. What you're describing to me says, man, if only they could do something with NVIDIA, that would be perfect. Um, what a great idea. Yeah, it really is. Um, <laughs> That's a brilliant idea. <laughs> you know, what you describe from a visual perspective and what Armour is really good at, that just makes so much sense. It does. I think uh, you and I are not the only ones that came up with that idea, though, um, fortunately for us. Um, and and again, you, you know, you've heard the news, you know what's going on. Um, there, there is a, a, a beauty in that marriage, and I believe that it expands our ecosystem. It expands what we can offer the ecosystem. But let's, uh, let's let that play out um, as it needs to over the next uh, uh, year or so. Okay, so going back to the original thought about uh, the software having some sort of control over the hardware, how much control does ARM have over, over the hardware? When you have these meetings, you're doing the defining, but at the end of the day, it's still your, it's up to your customers to define the hardware. Yes, and that's where they can differentiate. Um, so, of course, we create Think people think of ARM as um, as our, the CPU architecture of choice, and of course we are. We are we are ubiquitous. We are everywhere. 
Um, and we revolutionized the smartphone industry by, by that uh, ubiquitous compute and the software ecosystem that built on there on top of that. And then you see this beautiful world that's emerged as a result of that. Um, we have the opportunity to do the same in, in the IoT space. And, and I say that because our footprint is as, as ubiquitous in the IoT space. But um, the endpoints, as you see it very much in the, in the smartphone industry, everybody defines it slightly differently. And they differentiate based on user interface. They differentiate based on the kind of capacity they have, price points they're going after, the amount of ML that happens in it. But the ecosystem, the tools, the flows, and just making it work right outside the box, that's mm -hmm. where we thrive. So um, the tools, and not only are you talking about the tools in developing chips, but tools in connecting the data center down to the endpoint. How does it work with TVM? How do these models get deployed? We're working with Microsoft on that and just allowing for scale, been creating the largest ecosystem through scale on deploying endpoints, models at the endpoints. Then the tools and flows it takes to build this thing, right? Can we extract the hardware so that every software in the world can sit on there? Those are the kind of things we work on. Expanding the pie for our, for our endpoints and our silicon vendors. But then at the end, the silicon, silicon vendors understand their workloads. They understand how to create the best, more sufficient solution in the endpoints. We give them information to do so, but they're going to put the pie together as far as is it ISPs, is it GPUs, how much ML do I need? And then we allow the configurability to do that while still staying honest to the software ecosystem that is on. So if we look at this as a pendulum, the software is defining the hardware and then the hardware is defining the software. What, is, what has to happen for the pendulum to go back the other way? Where, where the hardware takes hold and says, okay, now you need to redesign your software to match the hardware. I think the pendulum uh, isn't, isn't swinging back anytime soon. Um, the more and more ML workloads um, and AI starts to be prevalent at the endpoints, machines are now writing software. Machines are writing software. It's no longer humans writing software. And as those machines write software, they deploy that software at the endpoints, and that uh, that network of networks creates this this incredible autonomous world. So you you, you forward my vision out into the future. Um, I don't see that pendulum swinging back anytime soon, anytime in in the privy that I have. I think this just gets um, more and more software driven as as we talk about machine learning and AI. That is a very scary thought, but we're on that journey and you can see it already happening in cars. You see it already happening in your homes and that, jo that journey um, has its own challenges. And that's a whole podcast in itself when we talk about AI ethics and, and, and how, we, how we do that in a responsible, thoughtful way. Um, so that could, I have people that would be happy to have that podcast with you, but I think that'd be a very interesting one um, to talk AI about ethics. because that's the journey wow. on. That sounds- Yeah, I threw good. a big one out there, right? <laughs> very good. I'm afraid we are out of time, Dipti. This has been very interesting and uh, it sounds like this is part one of a multi-part series. <laughs> we can have many parts of this. Um, I do want to end um, with a very, very happy birthday to ARM. We just had her 30th birthday and my colleagues, um, um, this is, it's been an incredible company that has 
probably um, revolutionized our world, and and I'm, I'm I'm very proud to be a part of it. Happy birthday, Arm. Happy birthday, Arm. That was Dipti Vachani. She is Senior Vice President, General Manager of the Automotive and IoT lines of business at Arm. And I am Rich Nass with Open Systems Media. You have a great day, Dipti. Thank you. You too.